Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today we're going to be continuing the series of characters and proverbs and talking about the glutton. Alright, so the glutton. Um, you know, this is a, something that almost immediately when you mention that or when you bring that up, people are going to think about food, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's what gluttony is almost always thought about. Whenever it's brought up, it's probably honestly why it's not preached about a whole lot is because we live in America where we like to go... Yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, be gluttonous if you want to be blunt about it. You're right. Um, But I was going to put it a little bit nicer and say we just like to go over um, and above uh, what is needed honestly um we have we have created buffets here in america oh yeah well and and even restaurants that aren't necessarily known as buffets serve buffet amounts of food (laughs) like it's it's ridiculous and and paul told us to um to buffet our bodies right so isn't that where we get that from (laughs) i you know maybe (laughs) um no but you know, we mentioned this, I believe, last week when we're talking about gluttony is it's so much more than just the um, the food that we take in, the amount that we choose to eat at certain times. It's, it's really similar to fasting in that way is when we think about fasting, obviously our initial thoughts go to food. You know, we, we fast from food. We, we uh, remove that so we can focus on godliness. But fasting is so much more than than just food. You can fast from all sorts of things for the purpose of of prayer, for the purpose of of being in the scripture, reading it. Um, there's so many more applications to fasting. Same thing with gluttony. Obviously, the first thought is is food, but there's so many more things that, that we have to apply to our lives, so many more things that we have to understand about gluttony in order to to really, I guess, rein it in, for lack of a better phrase, um, yeah. and, and keep it in check. So. Yeah. Well, so uh, as you mentioned, the, the idea of gluttony uh, typically does revolve around food, but there there's two definitions I've got that mm-hmm. one covers that and the other one covers something different. Okay. So one, given habitually – to greedy and voracious eating or drinking, right? So in other words, you're just constantly, constantly shoving things through your gullet, right? Okay. Like it's just a, that's one of them. And the other is that it's, it's someone or one that has a great capacity for accepting or enduring something. In other words, a glutton hmm. for punishment. Okay. Uh, and so the, the word glutton itself, um, this is just a, a side little fun note. Uh, the word glutton itself actually comes from, uh, the Latin word, Gulo gulo. Hmm. That's fun to say. It is fun to say. And what it means in English is Wolverine. So the animal, the Wolverine, uh, mm-hmm. not the comic book character, although he is certainly a yeah. glutton for punishment and the yeah. name Wolverine fits. Uh, but, but Wolverine, the animal, uh, is, uh, is, is known as glutton glutton. Uh, and, and another name, my favorite name for the Wolverine is Skunk Bear. So <laughs> <All right. laughs> just a, an interesting little tidbit about kind of the origin of the name, but it is, it is Latin in root, uh, where, where we get it from, uh, 
And so does that, does like the animal itself, like the Wolverine animal, does it have characteristics for why it has that name? Um, you know, I looked that up and I couldn't really, I'll look it up again and see if I can figure it out. That's just, that's curious to me. Like, um, um, like whenever they named it, Hey, we should name it glutton, glutton, understanding what glutton means. If it's personality, the personality of that animal, um, is gluttonous, you yeah. know? Um, so that'd it, be interesting. Yeah, so it's the largest member of the weasel family. Yeah. Uh, 31 to 44 inches, so it's about like three feet long, weighs 40 pounds. Um, I will, uh, I'll keep looking, but uh, so the diet. It's a carnivore, an opportunistic scavenger, and frequently eats carrion from other animals' kills. Um, <laughs> says it's very strong for its size, and it's prey- Get this, a, um, what is it? A weasel, basically, right? A large weasel. Mm-hmm. Its prey can include deer, moose, wild sheep, and elk. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. Uh, it, in, it, it eats eggs, roots, and berries. It, it apparently is really quick and run up to 30 miles an hour. So it's almost as fast as I used to be. <laughs> and then um, it stores up food for later. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like... It has that. So I, I don't know exactly why it is named that. Um, but anyway, hmm. there's interesting all sorts of information about the Wolverine or the Gulo Gulo, the glutton glutton. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, let's let's get to the Proverbs here. Well, uh, real quick before you oh, do yeah, that, I, I was going to say just like the the second definition that you had there, it's a matter of, of – um, would you say like going above and beyond great um, capacity for accepting or enduring something? Yeah. Great capacity. And, and what I want to focus on is, um, is like accepting something. And a lot of times when we use that word enduring, it's in a, in a good sense We're we are to endure as Christians, we're, we're to endure the, the, the struggles that come in this life and we're yeah. to, to go through that and endure that. And so that's not in the bad sense of, of, of being a, a glutton enduring too much, um, yeah. that's never going to apply. Um, but it's a matter of, of accepting too much. It's a matter of, of, um, enduring. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of like a, you're not going to kick back against sin. You yeah. know, you're going to continue to say, Oh, well, you know, I messed up again. I'm going to, to continue to endure it. Um, a lot of times people will, will use the phrase, well, this is just my cross to, to carry. You yeah. know, the, uh, th- this is the, the, uh, problem that I have been tasked with. And, yeah. and I think that sometimes is when we can become gluttonous in that way. Yeah. Um, as far as enduring to the point of, Okay, you gotta you gotta kick back against that sin. You, you've gotta grow. You've got to yeah. uh, to turn away from it. So, anyways, you had proverbs you wanted to take us to. Yeah. So Proverbs twenty three, nineteen through twenty one, says, "Hear my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags." So, you know, we talked about this uh, either, I think it was two weeks ago when we talked about the, uh, the drunkard. Um, but, but the, the drunkard here is, is looped in with this gluttonous eater, right? This, mm-hmm. this individual who is continuously, as habitually, as consistently eating way too much. Yeah. Um, and, and what it reminds me of, you know, when I, when I think of glutton, I, I, I do, I think of food initially. 
uh, having taught a Bible class on it, I then start thinking of, you know, what else does it uh, apply to, which is almost everything in life, to be honest. You can be a gluttony, you can be a gluttonous reader. You can read yeah. too much and not spend enough time with your family. You can, uh, spend too much time in front of a TV. Yeah. Uh, you can spend too much time working. You can spend too much time doing all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, because gluttony is. A glutton is, for technology. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's simply someone who is, is overindulging in something. Yeah. And so what I think of is I think of, uh, the, the movie Supersize Me. Have mm. you heard of that? Yeah. Uh, so it's by Morgan Spurlock. And uh, this this guy, he spent 30 days and he only went to one location. He only went to McDonald's. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all at McDonald's. And if they asked him, do you want to supersize the meal? He had to say yes. <laughs> and he had to eat all of it. They only asked like four or five times. Yeah. But Just these rules that he's given himself. It's, it's these rules yeah. given himself to, to, to see – what was going on? Well, within a month, he gained 25 pounds. Yeah. That's 30 And days. if I remember right, his doctor was like, you've got to stop. Within, like, within, you're going to die. Yeah, within 20 this. days. So 20, 21 days, his doctor was like, cut it out. Yeah. You need you need to stop because you will die. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it, it's it's very much not healthy. It's, yeah. it's not okay to do. And obviously, I don't, I don't know very many people that – do that, right? They go to <laughs> yeah. McDonald's or any fast food restaurant for that matter. For any, three meals a day. Yeah. Three meals a day and that's all that they eat, right? Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is that, that we do overindulge in food in America. We do overindulge in leisure. We do overindulge in just about everything that is not the Bible. Yeah. Um, well, we even overindulge in money. Honestly, yeah. the, the, the pursuit of and the constant chasing after, yeah. um, uh, just, financial wealth. Um, th- there's all kinds of things that you can look at and see that, you know, it, it's almost like the personality of an American yeah. um, is to not be satisfied with fill in the blank, honestly, yes. anything, it, what, yeah. it, food included, but, but there's all kinds of things that it's like, I need more. I need more. I need more. I'm constantly searching. I'm looking for more. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm looking for the, the next thing. Um, I think even Proverbs talks about this in regards to drunkards. They will, um, uh, like crash and then the, the next day rise and say, when can I have my next drink? Um, I don't recall the exact proverb that that is. Um, but that's kind of what we see with more than just drinking, more than just overeating, um, yeah. in that gluttonous way. It's, it's a constant, not, how do I phrase this? It's, it's a sense of not being satisfied yeah. with whatever we have. And, and it's, and it's, and because we're not satisfied, we we do something about it. Right? Yeah. So what then is the solution? You know, I I, I think, I think we've made it pretty clear what gluttony is about. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's about food, and yes, it's about everything else too. Right. It's yeah. about what we are choosing to consume, uh, and and we consume media, we consume entertainment. We I mean, mm-hmm. get on our phone. Right. Uh, I asked some kids the other day. You know, how often do you spend on your phone? And uh, you know, I, I told them I think my weekly report comes in and like my daily thing is like four yeah. hours. And I think that's a lot. Right. Yeah. But I use my phone for work too. Like it's yeah. not just, and, and they laughed. They were like, wow, that's so little. And yeah. I was like, how much time are you guys spending on your phone? Right. So, so we, we consume these things and, and the solution then solution, self-control. Mm-hmm. The only solution to this, which is also a fruit of the spirit, right? Galatians five. Uh, but, but it's, it's self-control. So Proverbs 20, I can read my handwriting, 25, I believe, 28. Uh, it says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Hmm. What city do you think of immediately? 
a city that is broken into and left without walls. Jerusalem, when the Israelites were taken off to be captive. Nice. Okay. So I think of Jericho. Okay. Um, And and I think both of those lay out the point really, really well. Yeah. Right? Um, Both cities were destroyed. Yeah. Both cities were laid waste. Both you know, cities... my second answer to that was the Alamo. The Alamo. Because you have to remember the Alamo. You do have to remember the Alamo. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that hurt my heart a little bit. Um, but but no, I mean, they, both cities were laid waste, right? And, and then they were plundered. Yeah. And so the idea there being that a man without self-control is like Jericho. Yeah. And when you're not able to control yourself, when you're not able to take care of yourself, when you're not able to do these things that you ought to be doing mm-hmm. – well, your walls are going to get broken down. Your defenses are going to be destroyed. Yeah, and you're you're rife. You're left and ready helpless. For, yeah. yeah, you're left helpless. You're you're ready to be to be plundered. Yeah, and who's going to do the plundering? Satan. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is is um, I think sometimes we don't give Satan enough credit for how he works and and how deceitful he truly is. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a bad way to phrase it. Give him credit for doing something evil, but um, it's well, I mean. The, in one sense, we have to give him credit. Yeah. If we don't give him credit, then we diminish what he yeah. can do. And, and what, that's what I mean by that is, yeah. is being aware of what he yeah. can do. It's, it's not um, a com- It's not saying, "Hey, Satan, good job." It's yeah. it's being aware of what he does. Exactly. Be- being aware of how deceitful he is. Yeah. Um, because we don't always think of an overabundance of media. We don't think of an overabundance of of food. We don't think of an overabundance of entertainment, an overabundance of, of work as something that's inherently bad. Yeah. But Satan has twisted the thought process of so many to think that way so that when our defenses are broken down, he can start plundering our hearts. Um, you know, his, his main goal is to just Take as many people as he can away from God. Yeah. I, I heard a quote one time, and I think I've even brought it up here on the podcast before, that Satan, he doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you one lick. Nope. He hates God, though. Yeah. And God loves you. And so if he can steal you from God, that's his only objective. Yeah. And so he does so many things to distract us from our relationship with God, to distract us from our love from God. And yeah. the more things that he can throw in our lives, the more things that he can create us to be, to be busy with, that he can cause us to be, to be busy with, then he's succeeding at his job of pulling us away from God. Yeah. So I've got three verses from the New Testament. Okay. That, that I want to go over. Um, I don't know how many you've got or if, uh, if if I've almost got more of like a long passage that I want to look at between Philippians three and four. Sweet. So I've, I've got, I've got three. So let's go over to, uh, first Corinthians chapter 10. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll go to verse thirteen here. And it's just a short one, um, and uh, it says, uh, "No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it." And so the idea here being, you know that. Well, we're, we're tempted to be gluttonous. We're tempted to consume all these things. We're tempted to uh, take part in this, but, but we have been promised that there is no overtake, there is no temptation that can overtake you without your consent. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, and that really is the bottom line is we have to give into that temptation. Yeah. We have to allow ourselves to be, um, 
led by that temptation. Yeah. Uh, and, and oftentimes those temptations, they, if they start to take hold, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a step by step by step by step. And you gotta, and you gotta make choice after choice after choice after choice. Yeah. Well, and that's the passage. I believe it's, um, uh, in Romans chapter eight, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. There, there's no outside force Correct. that yeah. can cause you to be separated from God yeah. unless you make that decision yourself. All of these temptations are going to be coming your way, yeah. but they can't force you. They can't cause you to do anything yeah. outside of your control. You, you you still have control over whether you give into those temptations or whether you, you slam the door on them. Exactly. Yeah. So the second one I've got is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And uh, we'll start in verse 6. This is, uh, is Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, For this reason I remind you to fan to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So in other words, Timothy has this great gift, right? But then he says in verse 7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so then the Spirit of God then assists us where we might fail. Yeah. The spirit is able to step in and, 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 and work through us, work through our conscience, work through however it is that the spirit works and, and say, stop. Yeah. No. no. Don't go further. Right. Maybe you've taken that first step. Don't go further. And so it's up to you then as the individual to heed the spirit there. Yeah. To, to pay attention to it. Uh, you know, we, we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all face those temptations. And, and at some point or another, we all give in a little bit to those temptations. But are we going to fully give in? Are we going to allow those temptations to overtake us? Mm-hmm. And I think that right there is, is the, the, uh, the reality. You know, we yeah. have to, we have to address the reality that we're going to fall. Yeah. But how far are we going to fall? At what point are we going to say enough is enough? And, and I think Paul here is saying, listen, the spirit of God that resides in you, the spirit of God that resides in us today mm-hmm. is, a, is a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. Yeah. You know, whenever we're talking about the spirit, one of the places that I like to go talking about his power mm-hmm. and uh, what he can do for us. I love the verse there in Second Timothy that um, he's there to support us as, yes. as we um, strive to be better in our self-control. Um, but how much does he support us? How powerful is he? I always take folks to Ephesians chapter three, uh, verses 14 through 21, uh, just like the end of that chapter there. But in verse 20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. You just stopped, talked about that power, yeah. that spirit that is at work within us. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible to think that it, He's able to accomplish, not by my power, no. but by his own power, yep. far more abundantly than anything I could even ask or think about, anything I could imagine. Yeah. But it's a matter of, am I allowing God to work in my life or am I trying to remain in control myself? Yeah. That's the the balancing act with self-control is you you're in control and you have to turn away from from sin and from evil yeah. while at the same time surrendering control over to God. Yeah. It's a it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And and part of part of being a Christian it's it's hard. Yeah. You know, I think the the world America really has has portrayed this picture of Christianity as easy. You go to church on Sundays, mm-hmm. you uh give a little bit of money maybe, and that's it, right? And and I'm talking about Christendom in general, not yeah. Um, not, not, not the, uh, not the church. Yeah. Right. You know, I saw, um, 
a trailer for a new like Christian movie that's yeah. coming out in 2023. And I don't remember the name of it, but it's set back in, I want to say like the seventies or something. Yeah. And basically the point of the, the movie is that like, there's this old church, it's dying. They're not welcoming to, um, to people of different cultures, people that look differently, people that, yeah. that talk differently. Um, and basically what happens is the, quote, pastor of this congregation um, has a change of heart and is uh, incredibly welcoming to the, like, hippies of the 70s and um, actually, like, becomes this, like, mega church that grows from that. Mm. Um, but you could even pick up just even in the trailer yeah. that it's not a matter of let's get better, let's grow, let's let's yeah. conquer sin, let's surrender our lives to God. Instead, it's a, this is a place you will be loved. Yeah. Period. Now, that's an awesome open, opening statement, but yeah. it has to follow with, this is a place where you will be loved as you strive to grow. Yeah. So we're, we're going over Ezra mm-hmm. right now in Sunday morning Bible class. And one of the things that has struck me about Ezra uh, is the desire that these Jews have mm-hmm. to rebuild the temple to serve God? So, so verse or chapter four, uh, basically, you've got. Sorry, we'll start uh, in in chapter chapter one, and I'm just I'm not reading through all of it. It's going to be a very short explanation, right? But but Cyrus, who is king of Persia, gives a proclamation that the Israelites are able to go back to Jerusalem and they're going to rebuild the temple, right? So. So they start going back, and chapter 2 is all of the exiles. It's listed, and there's about 50,000 people that go. Well, it's been about 70 years, at this point about 50, 50 years since they were taken up out of Jerusalem. And the people that are going back, there is absolutely no way. It's literally impossible for all 50,000 of those people to be over the age of 50. Mm Mm-hmm. So you've got people who are returning to Jerusalem who have never seen who Jerusalem. have never been to Jerusalem. Yeah. So they're not really returning, they're going. Then yeah. why are they going? What's the purpose of them? What's to rebuild the temple of God so that they might worship God, right? Mm-hmm. So so they do that. They go back, they start rebuilding the temple, and you've got some people in the surrounding regions who are like, "Hey, we worship your God too. Can we help?" And they're like, "No. We're not letting you help." There comes a point where cooperation is not just cooperation anymore. It becomes a matter of you are accepting of their beliefs. You are uh, um, giving in to their beliefs. And it's it's one thing, and I mentioned this in the, the, the college and 20-somethings Bible class, right? Um, you know, it's one thing for us as individuals to have friends that are of different uh, faiths, different denominations, different, and we are not a denomination, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. To have people that are friends that have and share different beliefs. We should be doing that. But why does the Keller Church of Christ itself not go and do something with, uh, let's say, Keystone right down the road? Why do we not do something with them? Well, because our cooperation would then become uh, a matter of well, we are, we obviously agree with what you're doing. And we agree with what you teach. And so Ezra and all, and Ezra wasn't there at this point, but the Jews, they were unwilling to sacrifice and to give up God's commandments and God's desire and his will. And so they said, no, we're not getting help. 
Well, those people opposed them. It got delayed. Uh, another 20 years or so, they, they rebuild it again. Haggai and Zechariah, and you can read through Haggai and Zechariah and their prophecies. And Haggai is very straightforward, like, guys, you're building your own houses. Rebuild the temple. Yeah. And Zechariah is like, all right, so I've got a vision from God, and it's wonderful and amazing, and I want you to hear it because you got to build, right? Like, it's yeah. very more uplifting and positive, and it's... Yeah. And so, it, I just, I find it so interesting that the people, the Israelites... And they went through just like we do, right? They went through periods of history where they were all gung-ho for God. Mm-hmm. And then they went through periods of history where it was like, well, I mean, okay. Like, I guess we can burn incense. Yeah. You know, like it was just kind of a eh. And Which is interesting. You can look at our history, even just over the past hundred years. Yeah. Um, and, and see similar things. Yes. Um, it, it's funny how history repeats itself when you start looking at it in that way. Even all the way back to the BC, but like before Christ was around, yeah. like these days where the Israelites are in captivity, you can see um, these cycles of generations that go through yeah. um, and how history genuinely repeats itself. And, and, and religiously speaking, I mean, history repeats itself in all sorts of ways, but even just spiritually and religiously speaking, um, there are, waves of generations on fire and waves of generations that could care less. Yeah. Um, and it comes and goes. It does. And and part of that is because there's not a focus. Joshua 1, 9, one of my favorite verses, right? Meditate on this word mm-hmm. day and night. It's because there's not a focus on what there needs to be a focus on. Yeah. And Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse, in, in verse 3, and we've talked about power a little bit, right? And so it starts off, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life, and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. All right, so all that is great, and that's really important. We don't have time to dig into all that. Mm-hmm. But, but the bottom line is that through the power of God, through his son, through the spirit, we are able to escape from the corruption and the sin of the world, right? And then in verse five, he says, for this very, because of all that, because of the grace you've been given, because of this opportunity, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten he was cleansed from his former sins." All of those things, they are to build upon one another. And self-control is kind of in the middle there, right? Mm -hmm. And it comes after knowledge. When you understand, and uh, we're speaking about gluttony, right? When you understand that you are being gluttonous in your behavior, when you come to that knowledge, you must do something about it. Or not even, like to, to phrase it a little bit differently, not even just to understand that you are being gluttonous, but when you understand that there are, Things that could cause you to be gluttonous, or yeah. there are are moments where you have faltered in that and have allowed something to 
to cause you to be gluttonous for a time. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of being aware and understanding so you can avoid, so yeah. you can, can employ self-control. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, sometimes when we get to, to talking about stuff like this and, and, you know, it's like, it's through a lot of stuff that we talk about, what we preach about. Um, there's times where we just paint with broad brushes and, yeah. and say, you know, we've got to just avoid all moments like this. We've got to completely turn around. Sometimes it's a, I know that you're currently struggling with this and that you've had times where you falter. But we've got to be more aware. We've yeah. got to, to make sure that, like, even if it's not something that you falter with every day, if it's yeah. not every single day you're being gluttonous with the entertainment, with uh, the use of technology, if it's a last week this happened, are you more aware of that now? Yeah. Are, well, and that's and that's Paul's wearing the armor of God, right? Yeah. Like you have to put you, – you don't just – like, armor doesn't just – attach itself to you, right? Like just, we're not Iron Man, right? Yeah. Like you can't just walk over and then all of a sudden, boom, you got armor on. Yeah. We're talking, you've got to put the helmet on. You've got to put the breastplate on. And that's an intensive process. Yeah. And in order to do so, you have to be aware of what and you're- And an intentional process. Yes, and very yeah. intentional. Yeah. And you got to know why you're, why are you putting that armor on? Well, because it's dangerous out there, right? Yeah. So we certainly have to be aware and we have to be consistently aware. We can't let our guard down. And, and, and ultimately, if we do let our guard down, Verse nine is, is going to be our description, mm-hmm. right? He who does, who, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Yeah. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be categorized as that. I don't want to be classified as, I don't want to be, man, that, that Chris Carrillo guy, he's blind. Yeah. Well, or, or even as uh, being des- described as a liar, you know, that's what First John is talking about. You know, if yeah. we say that we're walking in the light while we live something completely different, yeah. then we're lying. We're deceiving yep. ourselves. Um, you know, I had one more place that I wanted uh, to take folks before we close this out, but I'll make it really fast because I know we're kind of running uh, short on time. But in Philippians chapter three and four, um, mm-hmm. this is what I want to draw y'all's attention to, um, mainly verse 12 through 16. 16 of chapter 3, um, and Paul kind of keeps the same thoughts the whole way, but there, there's just two paragraphs that I think um, he makes it very clear what he's talking about through these last two chapters as a whole. But Philippians 3, 12 through 16, and then also Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Okay. And the way that I like to describe these, these two paragraphs, but really these two chapters as a whole, is Paul is encouraging every Christian to be content but not satisfied. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that we need to be content in things of this world, but not satisfied in things spiritually speaking. Yeah. Um, and we've really almost flipped that on its head. There's so many times where we think, you know, I'm, I'm content with where I'm at in my relationship with Christ. I'm content with um, how I am turning away from temptation, how I am slamming the door on yeah. On Satan as he's crouching there trying to devour me. I'm content in the active faith that I have in my life. Yeah. Um, there's so many times where we s- say or even subconsciously feel this sense of being content, spiritually speaking, but we're never satisfied with yeah. things physically. And Paul completely says the opposite of that. Um, he says in, in chapter three, verses 12 through 16, that we cannot be satisfied with 
our relationship with Christ. We cannot be satisfied with this race that we're running. Um, he says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Um, and he even goes a step further and says, let those of us who are mature think in this way. Yeah. In other words, if you are not thinking in this way that I can never be satisfied in my relationship with Christ, I can never be satisfied in my race that I'm running, yeah. then you have not matured yet, spiritually speaking. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side of that, in verse 10 through through 13 of chapter 4, mm-hmm. he's saying that in terms of things physically, mm-hmm. I'm content. Yeah, I have all I need. I've learned the secret to being content, whether I'm well-fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I have an abundance of of things or whether I am in need um, in, um, in any and every circumstance is the way he phrases it in verse 12. And the secret to that, the secret to being content in everything is that Christ strengthens me. Yeah. That I, I know where my, uh, I guess, sense of belonging lies. I know yeah. what gives me satis, um, what what gives me satisfaction yeah. in this life is yeah. that where I'm serving treasures? him. Yeah, it's where my treasure is. Um, and, and Jesus even talked about that. Um, John 4, talking with the woman at the well, yeah. talking about living water. John 8, he is the bread of life. Yeah. Water and food, the two things that we absolutely must have in order to live. And Jesus says, I am that. I'm going to be what satisfies you. I'm going to be what carries you on. And yeah. so we have to make sure that we're not flipping it around and saying, I'm content spiritually, but I'm not satisfied with physical things. Instead, I am satisfied with physical things, but I'm not spiritually speaking. Yeah. No, I like that. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that amazes me most about the letter to the Philippians is Paul wrote that in prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's literally sitting in prison and he's sitting in a Roman prison. Yeah. And he's like, I'm good. Thank you. I am. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with the physical things that I have. Yeah. And, uh, not, I'm not at all satisfied with my relationship with God. I have not already obtained yeah. this, but I press and, on. And he kind of makes it like this exciting thing. Like I've learned the secret. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I figured out something pretty awesome. That great mystery. Yeah. Which is Jesus. Yeah. So. So that's all I've got. All uh, right. Well, you want to close this out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just want to encourage everyone. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please reach out to us. Our contact information will be played um, here in our outro here in a second. So we encourage, or yeah, we encourage y'all to reach out, but we also uh, love and welcome the support. So thank y'all very much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, Look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet, and you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will uh, that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.